Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossett. This is April 27th. This is the Fightful post-Raw podcast. We do these after Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW, and every pay-per-view. And believe it or not, we actually have pay-per-views coming up in a couple weeks. UFC and WWE, same weekend. So I'll be hyping that up big time over the next couple of weeks. Make sure you guys join us. We'll have shows for both of those. But we're here to talk Monday Night Raw Denise, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here another week. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be a good time. Another uh, WWE Raw to talk about. I know that, that right now it looks like our our stream is, is running a little bit slow, but eh, we'll power through it. If, if there are major issues, we'll just re-upload it afterwards. No big deal. But a reminder, if you want your question or statement read live on the air... Donate a super chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. But if you want to ask as many questions as you want, FightfulSelect.com. That's our premium service. I've got exclusive news going up there almost every day. But I also have a Q&A show every single week. And I stick around and answer all your questions. And we have just a plethora of other shows. So check that out as well. But this show started off with the VIP Lounge, Denise, and this wouldn't be the last we saw of MVP, but it was an, it, I don't want to say a pointless VIP Lounge, but it, it was kind of a pointless VIP Lounge. I think the word you're looking for was cringe. <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of cringe. Yeah. It was not good. It was weird. It was it just felt really disconnected. I hated this. Like hated it. I was not I was not feeling it whatsoever. This felt really lazy. Uh MVP had Mysterio, Alistair Black and Apollo Crews out uh, who are all in the money in the bank match coming up. And he interrupts Rey Mysterio and assumes why everyone there is hoping to win the money in the bank briefcase. And Zelina comes out with her group, and as soon as they hit the ramp, you just knew what was going to happen, right? You right. knew three on three. Now, the thing is, I was offended at how lazy 
the not not on Zelina's part, but whoever wrote it, where she's like, "Well, I think you all should just give us your spots and money in the bank." Like what? What was gonna happen? Was Apollo gonna look at one of them and go, "You know what? I didn't want to fly to Stanford anyway. Here you go." <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of felt like this whole, like the whole, like the whole beginning segment aside from the match was just, it was not good. It was bad. It was quiet. It was awkward. Everyone had the, I'm waiting for somebody else to do their part of face, you know, and it just, it really, really fell, fell short of like a really nice opening for raw. And so even it was weird because even with that, like I was just kind of watching and I was just like, okay, so let's just get into this match. Like, let's just go for it because I just kind of felt like it just wasn't good. This opening, they all ended up brawling. All of them, and you know what it leads to. It leads to a match. Of course it leads to a match. Why wouldn't it lead to a match? And this was a good one. But yeah. the segment went 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Yeesh. But you know what, though? I will say this, though. The match itself was, I thought, a great length for this. I don't know how much the match itself was. I'm going to assume maybe like 30-ish, or I'm not too sure on that. But the match itself, I thought, went a good length. I didn't think it went too long because there's so many guys in there. They all want to get something in there. They want to have a moment, get some teases in there. So I thought the length of that match itself was actually pretty good, pretty decent. It's just that they added this segment at the beginning. So for the first 40, 45 minutes of the show, these were the only people you saw. Now, I just want to say... The work, very good. Very good. Uh, Apollo and Alistair tried to do the stereo dives. But at this point, I'm like, I wish they would have just put the tight, the, the spots on the line if they were going to do this match. But, I mean, that wouldn't have made any sense. But at least you've got stakes in this match. Uh, I like Theory's uh, offense. I just hope that some of this original offense that he's doing, like the the rack into the, the turnbuckle and his neck breaker out of a cross leg... I hope he doesn't do them all every match, because if he does them all every match, they're not special anymore. He's got all these moves that nobody else in WWE is doing, and right now, he's doing them every single match, so they're not going to be as special, but uh, Cruz ended up getting the win with his awesome powerbomb on Andrade, and I was thinking, okay, he should be in line for a U.S. title match. I didn't realize how soon he would be, Denise. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't either. And so this leads to Backstage, and uh, Throwback27 sent us a super chat. Big thank you to him, always so so generous. He says, SRS was right about that slap. Hello, Charlie Murphy. Apollo Crews, Rick James, Andrade, which was awesome. You a Chappelle Show fan? Did I have I asked you this before? We oh we've covered this already. Oh, we've no. covered this. Yeah, we've covered. I, I don't even want to remind you. Oh <laughs> um, no, we've covered this. But oh, hold on, hold on. Before we get into the next portion, I did want to say that I liked this match a lot, the six man, because I did think that a lot of obviously all the guys are different. They all had their time, their time to shine. They brought something new. I loved that Alistair and Garza started off the match because I thought they just had such good. Um, it's easy to there's certain guys that when you see them wrestle it's just easy to watch them wrestle and these are the two guys that have that so because of that like I actually really enjoyed this match yeah yeah that's fair Denise what did the five you like how I segue there you liked how I segue there from this Dave Chappelle thing (laughs) well I gotta ask you what did the five fingers say to the face 
What? Slap! <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what Apollo Crews did to Andrade. Andrade's backstage. He's upset. He wants a, a match for the title. And Andrade is in his face, or Apollo's in his face, and slaps him hard, Denise. Yeah, that was that that slap actually woke me up. You know when you actually like do this in front of your TV, which yeah. is not something that happens very often. When he did that, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's not here to mess around." I like that. Can't believe you don't. You got to watch Chappelle's show. What's wrong with you? I've seen like one of his specials, and then that was it. Oh, it, watch, I just watch, the show. watch the show. Watch the show. Throwback27 says, hope everyone's having a safe and fun night. Anytime Samoa Joe was on commentary, he's amazing. He's like this generation's Taz. I think that's a great comparison. I love Samoa Joe on commentary. And it's amazing, Denise. He didn't need to say racist shit in order to get over as a heel. Jerry Lawler accepted no blame for what he said. He was like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a heel and heels do that. No, they don't. Samoa Joe doesn't do that, and he's just fine. But the part that pissed me off, Denise, is that he de facto blamed Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, who knew better, who were smart enough to just no-sell it. They heard what Jerry said, and they go, we ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole. And he's exactly. like, well, he's like, well, if that were Morrow, Morrow would have said, oh, King, ha. Ah. Well, it wasn't Morrow. It was not Morrow, and if Jerry is the professional that he claims to be, then he would know that Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton aren't the kind of guys that call every single move by their technical name like he claimed well, He claimed he was trying to conjure that kind of reaction out of them. So lame. Samoa Joe is so much better. Yeah, and like two things about that. We all know and have that one friend or that one person we know in our lives that kind of says racist things every now and then. And I just feel like our go-to reaction is to kind of just like either pretend we didn't hear that, not associate with that, and just completely ignore it so I can totally get why Tom and Byron just decided to like bypass that because no one wants to touch that. And secondly, I just think we live in the day and age where everybody wants to be right all the time and nobody wants to get blamed for everything everything because of cancel culture and the second yeah. that he would have apologized people would have been like oh well who cares like no matter what like even an apology is just not gonna do justice for anybody these days people whenever somebody messes up they want like a, everything more yeah. than an apology they want everything yeah and i hate that king should have apologized and he should have gotten better and grown up and this, this isn't 20 years ago where that's the entertainment aspect. I had someone argue with me and say, oh, well, characters on TV do racist stuff all the time. And I'm like, that they're reciting lines that, that were written for them. That wasn't written for Jerry Lawler. That was, uh, it was just him being stupid. And all he had to do was say, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'll do better. And f for some people, it will never be enough. For other people, they'll be like, all right, you know what? Good on him. He's getting better. Rob Wilkins says, Joe being back on commentary is great. Prefer him in the ring, but I'll take him any day over Lawler. Did they take Lawler off because of last week? Uh, well, it was two weeks ago, but no, I don't think that's why. They would have taken him off by then. Um, I'm sure that his explanation didn't do him any favors. 
any favors at all. I kind of felt that way, though. I know you said that that's most likely not the reason, but I kind of felt like that was the reason why he wasn't on commentary this week. You know, nobody wants to do something directly after to make it obvious. So, like, hey, a week after, it's not that obvious no more. But I kind of felt like that was the reason. And I asked WDB for a response to that, and they, they had nothing. Nothing. Tim Traver says, I'm getting a breath of fresh air with Stone Cold uh, or with some old Monday Night Football games. Thanks for Fightful being here when I need it the most. Hey, we we appreciate you. We released the Fightful's Funniest Moments this weekend, the first edition. Second edition is basically me explaining things to Denise. And let me no, tell you. When is that dropping? I need to, I need to have like a, a, P, a press release ready for that. <laughs> I, I don't know when we'll drop the second part. But I'm I know that my corporate answer written out. I know the third part will have an addition from tonight's show. Just wait and see. But thank you, Tim Traver, for the super chat. Reminder: donate a super chat, get your question or statement read on the air. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Also, uh, make sure to check out our MMA channel at YouTube.com/slash Fightful MMA Boxing. We'll have a lot more content in the coming weeks because UFC fights are gonna happen. We were supposed to have a triple threat match between Asuka, Naya, and Shayna. Now, I'm glad the match didn't happen, but it didn't make sense that the match didn't happen, Denise. Uh, Asuka cut an aggressive promo on Nia Jax, and I love that Shayna Baszler has switched it into a new, more aggressive gear, but they have they all ended up brawling, and no match happens, which I'm usually okay with under the circumstances, but it's a triple threat match. There's no DQs anyway. Just ring the bell. Ring the bell, start the match, and they can do all this anyway. There was no reason to not ring the bell. Naya ended up standing tall. I didn't like this either. And it's funny because it took me a second to realize. I was like, wait, what happened to the match? Like, yeah. afterwards, it just felt so weird. I was like, wait, I was like, the match never even happened. It kind of took me them to say, like, oh, yeah, like, this all started before the bell rang to, like, even yeah. register it. But I just didn't like it because, you know, we've been coming out here the last two weeks talking about how Shayna Baszler is coming out and she's killing all these women. And she's been building herself back up and, like, <clears throat> really looking like a really, like, a real badass. And then she comes out this week and it's just like, she doesn't look like the Shayna that we've been seeing the last two weeks. And I personally did not like that for her character. And then I'm just like, I really, really feel that at this point for Nia Jax, we need some more. I need a reason besides the fact that she is uh, larger than the other women. I need a different reason to see her as a threat to the roster. Because at this point, it's the same thing. And I keep saying that. And because of that, I need another reason to be afraid of Nia Jax. I need another reason for me to be like, man, Shayna Baszler, she's been killing it out there. But this is Nia Jax. This is a whole different story. And I don't have that right now. And so because of that, like it just it really, really just like bums me out. Bobby Lashley defeated Denzel DeJournette. I like the recurring jobbers on Raw, like the same guys. And there are a lot of people that were like, oh, this is how they'll be forever. No, it won't be. Al Snow was a jobber as Leaf Cassidy, as Shinobi, as Avatar. The Hardy Boys were jobbers for five years before they got their break. Mick Foley was on WWF TV in the 80s. Gangrel for like five, six years was a jobber on TV. Uh, Road Dog in WCW, there's tons of them. Edge, Rhino, lots of people started off as enhancement guys and ended up making it work. Ciampa and Gargano on NXT were effectively enhancement guys. 
So um, I, I'm fine with this. I don't know what the future holds for Denzel Desjarnet, but uh, old Robert Lashley was smooth with Lana saying, hey, you can't go out there. You're so beautiful that I'm getting distracted. Do you buy do you buy it if if your fiance came up to you and said, Listen, I don't want you to go to the supermarket with me. Denise, you're just so beautiful that you're distracting me. I can't effectively buy these avocados, Denise. Would you would you say and I don't want to put his name out there, but hey fiance, okay. I would be pissed, but that's different, okay? That's different, and I will tell you why. Because have you seen Lana? I know when I look like a potato, okay? So if my fiancé says, hey, Denise, you're too beautiful and distracting, I'm going to know he's BSing me because I know for a fact that today I look like a goddamn potato. So, no, it's not going to happen. But because it's Lana and she looks the way she does, I can see that happening. Now, I do. I believe that as a female with a brain. No, I do not. But I'll buy it for these circumstances. We got to get a goddamn potato shirt made now. Jeez. Um, Also, I like Bobby Lashley's spear without the flip. A whole lot more. A whole lot more. Liv Morgan defeated Ruby Riot. Liv beat Ruby in three minutes last week. Last month, she beat her in four minutes, albeit help from Sarah Logan. Why, Why do we need this again, Denise? I have no idea. Last week you said, and I'm I was wrong on this one. You said we were going to see it again, and I said no. But Sean, they said on commentary that this was over, over. that this was it. I believed that. <laughs> I believed it. And then this week we see it again. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I was so angry, not because like not because it was so bad or anything like that. I was just like. Why did you guys tell me that this was over? And then we come back this week, and it's not over. And um, it was a nothing match. Nothing. I can't even tell you anything remotely interesting that happened. Liv Morgan wins. Good. Um, I liked her uh, post-match little promo. I thought she had, like, the sweetest voice ever. And that was just – I don't know why, but she just sounded different to me this week. I don't know if that means anything. Probably doesn't mean anything. But I just was not – I wasn't feeling it. Sometimes I just don't even realize how good at this job that I am, Denise. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I have premonitions. Uh, Liv kicked out of the riot kick. Like, could you put Ruby Riot any further down there? She is 0 and 5 on TV since she came back. Uh, Liv wins this match with what she's calling the Oblivion. I love that move. It's going to get very hard to make sense of that move pretty soon, though. Because uh, unless she times it very well, you're going to be apt to some screw-ups. She hasn't had any so far. But I love – she's he's named it the Oblivion. She beat Ruby Riot three times. we got to move on now. And not only that, Ruby needs to move on, preferably to SmackDown. Trade her. I think this time it's for sure, though, because in that post-match, they, uh, Byron, I think her question was something along the His question was something along the lines of it being a new chapter or not. So I have faith now that next week we won't be seeing this match. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, run it, they'll run it back on the Money in the Bank pre-show. Thanks. Oh, boy. Throwback27 says, SRS needs a Bengals jersey. ASAP, thank you, Fight for making life better. Bucks suck. Hey, thank you for making life better, Throwback. Uh, we we appreciate you. 
And I have like a generic jersey. I don't have like a real high quality one. But uh might have to with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow around. Dom L says Triple H goes out with an eight month injury and he's treated like a king upon his return. Ruby Riot goes through an eight month injury and they don't give her jack. Well, to be fair, Triple H little better than Ruby Riot. We can't compare those two. Um I mean, we can compare him to getting a lot more love on a show like tonight that he's not even on. But people were like telling me, oh, somebody's got to take these losses to Liv Morgan. Not Ruby. They got people at the Performance Center. They can call up a jobber. It's Florida. Do you know how many independent female wrestlers live in Florida? They're all over the place, for the love of God. Like, they don't got to make it Ruby Riot. To me, Denise, you want to build up people as much as possible. And to their credit with Liv Morgan, 7-2 and two in singles action since she came back, they're doing all right with her. See, and that's definitely something that the TV audience should be hearing. At the next show, I should be hearing, like, you know, Liv Morgan has been on fire. She hasn't lost any matches. Exactly. Look at how many times she beat Ruby Riot. You know, just something like that to, you know, get people to get get more invested in Liv Morgan. If she's going to be beating girls left and right, then, hey, let's have some more investment in her. And I don't understand. Like, we should definitely be seeing Liv Morgan against some, like you just said, people that we don't get to see very often on TV. Why not? There's so many women out there that haven't gotten the opportunity to showcase themselves so why not do it with someone with Liv Morgan who needs a win and needs some fresh talent are you familiar with the team that Ricochet and Cedric Alexander lost to oh no not ever not rise they, they were 3.0 on the indie circuit Chase Parker and Matt Martell and I like their name because if you want to go from never rise to ever rise Check out our friends at BlueChew.com, code Fightful. That's right. You can go from a 3.0 to a 7.0 if you know what I'm saying. We're talking inches, guys. When you use BlueChew.com, code Fightful, ship straight to your door in a discreet package. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to go to the doctor. And I keep telling you guys, be safe. Don't go to the doctor for those other guys because Blue Chew has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, and Blue Chew affiliated physicians will figure out the right active ingredient for you. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot quicker, so you can get into somebody else's system a lot quicker. It's ready whenever you are. Even if you are a never-rise, you can become an ever-rise. If you're already an ever-rise, you know what? Like I said, it'll be a lot more than that 3.0. Use that code FIGHTFUL and get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at Blue Chew on Twitter and let them know that you heard about them from us. Let them know that you like for us to tell you about the real enhancement matches. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Uh, Home field advantage doesn't mean anything for these guys that work at the Performance Center, Denise. Yeah. No, definitely not. I'm. Yeah, I think you're definitely right on that. It, it does not. And this match was actually them beating up Ricochet and Cedric Alexander for the most part. And then Cedric and Ricochet win with a missile drop kick and flatliner. I like them using different moves to finish off people every week. 
But I feel like they should have gotten a lot more offense, they being Ricochet and Cedric. I I am not one that enjoys these squash matches in which the person that loses gets like 70% of the offense. We saw it with Kenny Omega last week, and I know that was a hot topic among wrestling journos. I didn't like it. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world to me, but I think that the people winning the match should be able to showcase their cool moves and stuff. Maybe that's old school of me. Uh, what do you think of this match, Denise? Hey, there. If we're, we all know what what WWE is working with right now. They're low on talent. We all know that already. Instead of having to see matches where we automatically know that, hey, the jobbers that we have never seen before or whatever are going to get like 0.01% offense. Like, why not just give us something where it's like, okay, at least it's a decent match. Let's put together a little something, give them a little opportunity. Just have a good match. That's all I want. Like, this was nothing, nothing for me. So uh, I don't, I love seeing new faces, but I don't want to automatically X them out when they come in. I want to actually be surprised a few times. Well, I'm sure a lot of people got as excited as I did when MVP shows up on the Titantron after this. And it's like, okay, he's going to manage Cedric and Ricochet, and this is what he should be doing. And then he says, oh, I've been scouting out talent, and I got Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. And they're going to have a match with you next week. And I'm like, woo! Finally, those guys who went 0-4 in April. <laughs> Did got, they really? Yes, they both went 0-4 in April. I tell you what, it gets me really pumped for a rematch. What the hell? And they'll probably win. But you know what? At least they're giving them a little meat, you know, a little like, hey, these guys are going to be back next week. And at, uh, it's it's different. It's something a little bit more, Is more than it? you could possibly expect. Is it? Because they've been getting their asses kicked all the time. I, I will say this about the jobber named Matt Martell. They need to say he's related to Rick or Sherry Martell. I miss families like that in wrestling that are complete lies. Maurice says, Sean, do you see there being a good story in Becky going after the NXT women's title in the future as she's the only horsewoman who's never won it? Yes, I think there's a real good story in that. It just isn't anytime soon. Charlotte's doing a good job with that. They ran the 24 clip for Becky, which I think you could do a lot worse when somebody's not on TV than what they've been doing with Jeff Hardy and Becky running these, especially in the landscape we're in, Denise, because it's good content. They're, they're very good, and it reminds you that they're on the WWE roster, but these people don't have to show up to work for a day, and that's pretty nice, too, in, in the scenario we're in. But I like the idea of her eventually going for the NXT women's title. Why not? Hey, just keep elevating it. Keep doing stuff. Like, there's so many potential matchups. I'm, I'm, I can't argue awesome potential matchups. Richard Chase says, Why is Denise Potato blurring the background? What are you hiding? Homie doesn't play that, Miss Potato. You went a little too liberal on the potato, buddy. I'll tell you what Denise is hiding. I've got the scoop. Beautiful new walls. That's true. You know what's funny? I I was about to add. I have a really cool wrestling prop that I was going to add to this background last week, but I decided not to do it. And so now I'm thinking that maybe I should have added it just to give my boring blue walls a little extra something. Next week, maybe I'll do okay, it. Okay. Okay. We got we to gotta advertise for next week. 
And only Denise is allowed to call herself a potato. You guys aren't yeah, allowed. That's true. Yeah, even jokingly. I know it was in jest, but you all aren't allowed to do that. Antoine says, big supporter of Fightful. Love your guys' work. Who, in your opinion, is the last person to come up from NXT and be successful on the main roster? I feel like not a lot do. I feel like a lot do. I mean, especially when you got people like Elias who had no run to really speak of and came up. But, I mean, there's there's several. I mean, it, it's weird to put – it's hard to put me on the spot like that. But Drew McIntyre did. I mean, he just made him at a WrestleMania. Yeah, and it's funny because I think one of those people that we will be seeing it with shortly soon in the future would definitely be Bianca. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can see her, like, do something really good, and I think she'll she'll definitely, like, shine really bright. Oh, lots of people bringing up Apollo Crews. That's going to be a sad one uh, to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into it. United States title match, and this was a good match. Oh, it was a good match. Both men hit great drop kicks. Apollo gets clotheslined outside, and after the commercial, the match picks up big time. It was good from the jump, but Apollo was really stepped up of late. Andrade works over the leg, and it just it works so well into everything. He misses knees in the corner, hits them later, does a great counter into a DDT. But Andrade has worked over Cruz's leg so much that the ref calls off the match. Initially, before we get into the aftermath. How'd you feel about this? Because I don't think we're done here with these two. So first of all, like I didn't love the finish and I didn't hate the finish either. I didn't love it because I was just like, oh, well, you know, come on, everybody like, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't love it because I just felt like it was a little bit like over exaggerated. But at the same time, I, I didn't hate it either because I thought it was different from what we're used to seeing on Raw. So I was like, okay, at least give us something different. It's a, it's a, it's a new, a new part of what, of what, what Apollo is doing. So I was like, okay, I could live with that. And the actual match itself. Okay, so first of all, when it happened, like, hey, it's going to be happening tonight. It's going to be happening soon. I was like, okay, even though we just saw these guys earlier today. But I thought the match itself was pretty solid. Um, I just have, like, I could just be talking here about Andrade all the time, all day, because I just think that they have so much potential with him. But I do want to say about Apollo Cruz is that he has been stepping up. This is an opportunity that he probably would not have gotten had coronavirus not been a thing right now and had you know because they weren't doing much with him prior but now they are they're using him and he's using it and he's really taking this opportunity to bet to put his best foot forward and it's showing it's showing that he cares about what he's doing it's showing that he cares about the types of matches that he's having and I really feel like we are seeing that and I definitely do not mind seeing more of Andrade and Apollo yeah, and uh, after this match, you see a dejected Apollo Cruz backstage. He is just depressed on a set of crutches. Since our show went on the air, it has come out that Apollo Cruz has been pulled from Money in the Bank, and he is unable to compete. Yikes. Is that a bummer? That is a, I didn't know that. That is a big bummer. And Drew Nicholas says, with Cruz now out of Money in the Bank... Are they positioning him for a better role? I can honestly see either a sympathetic run to a U.S. title win or a surprise heel turn coming out of this. I could see either one. Um, they got to do something with him. I'm in. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply invested in him now. I want to see him do well. He knocked it out of the park with Alistair Black. He knocked it out of the park in the six-man tag. He did great in the U.S. title match. He did great in the vignette or the segment backstage. He did great gaining sympathy as well. Whatever they do with him, as long as they do something with him, I'm interested in it, Denise. I just don't want them to do the same thing they've been doing where they're like, Hey, here's Humberto Carrillo. He's going to lose seven times. You're not going to get a reason to care about him. He's going to disappear for a month, come back, attack a guy, then lose again. That's not a way to get somebody over. He is always your go-to person. Because he sucks. (laughs) He sucks. But here's the thing, too, and the thing that also worked with Apollo was that in the, like, at the top of the Raw, at the top of the Raw, at the top of Raw, uh, you know, he was laughing, he was joking around, and then the next thing you know, he's, like, sad. So it kind of uh, worked out in his favor that you had those two moments with him on the show. So I just wanted to bring that up. Speaking of oh boy Humberto, you know how many times he's been on Raw since uh, his Elimination Chamber title match? How many times? One. One. He beat our boy, Brendan Vink. Oh, yeah. He beat him. Otherwise, you know what he's done? Beaten Shelton Benjamin three times on main event. Jesus. Yeah, that's not... Jesus. He had like 42 United States title matches. And that's, that's the thing. It's like they fumbled him from the beginning. They, they, they should just probably put him with... With Zelina at this point. But when the guy got four U.S. title matches and he lost them all, I'm not going to care about him anymore. I know he's not good enough to win that title and he's not shown me anything. They cannot do that to Apollo. They've already wasted him for, what, three or four years? I can't even remember how long ago it was that he came up. I feel like it was four years ago. This has been, like, the time that I feel that he's been most talked about in the fandom where people are actually caring about what he's doing. I mean, unless I'm wrong, I don't really remember, like, another time where people were like, hey, like, Apollo Crews, this, 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 that, you know? So it's it's definitely an opportunity for him. Reminder, donate a Super Chat, get your question or statement read on the air. We have interviews up with Deanna Perrazzo, one of the best interviews I did. I said that about the Mike Bennett one, but this one was great too. I've got AJ Gray this week as well. And at the end of the week, ECW month starts off. We've got one on, I think, Friday it is dropping. And I've got like four or five uh, ECW interviews throughout the month. Um, I know we've got Just Incredible. We've got Blue Meanie. I've got Mikey Whipwreck and Tracy Smothers, Johnny Swinger, and then we cap it off with a new making a finisher at the end of the month. Rob Van Dam talking about uh, inventing the Van Terminator. And I also spoke to Scotty Riggs, who took the first Van Terminator, and he talked about Rob Van Dam breaking his face with it. It's a good time. Make sure you guys check all those out. 
Uh, backstage, Zelina goes off on Charlie for asking Andrade a question and says to never talk to him directly. Angel Garza approaches Charlie and pretty much asks her on a date. Or, like, to bang. I don't know. He said, <laughs> let's get better acquainted. So I don't know if that's a date or whatever. Either way, Charlie's down. Um, I think that it was more for, like, a one-off. That's kind of the vibe okay. that I'm getting from him. For sure. Okay. Nice, sweet moment. I like it. I like these kinds of little, like, teases. Yeah, well, I hope they mention on TV Charlie saying, like, aren't you engaged? And he should go, that doesn't matter. Like, something like that. Oh, but then that would make Charlie look so bad. Then she would have to, like, shut that down. No more flirting now that she officially knows he has a, a, a she wife. She wouldn't have to. She wouldn't have to. Um, yes, she would, Sean. Listen to you. It is girl code, okay? You never want to be that girl on the other end that your man is hollering at another woman. So don't be that girl. So, yes, Charlie would have to shut that oh down. Oh, my God. You sound like my wife when we watch, like, movies and there's somebody cheating and she'll be like, oh, what a bitch. Yes! <laughs> I, I'm so triggered at that kind of stuff. Like, even when I read articles, no, I'm an almost featured married woman, so I take this stuff very seriously. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Richard Chase says, how far can Dana Brooke and Apollo go with the current situation? I think they can both go plenty far. I've been waiting for pushes for both of them. They've both improved a lot, Dana Brooke especially. Um, I think they can both do really well. Dana Brooke has never had a sustained run at the top. Denise, that's usually on SmackDown. We don't get to hear you talk about Dana Brooke a lot, but she's getting a little bit of a push. You know, it's funny because at the start of her career, I think she was one of those people that maybe she had the stigma of why is she there? Why is she there? You know, that sort of thing. And then kind of she, we just kind of kept obviously seeing her and seeing her and seeing her. And then before you know it, it's like, bam, she's getting really good in the ring. And I had the opportunity to, opportunity to interview her. And when I did there's a, something that I realized that she had, and one of the things that she had is this genuine presence. And I feel that when you have a genuine presence like that, um, it could really transfer well to what she's doing on camera. And so because of that, like, I just – I saw a part of her that I had never seen before, and I feel like she could go a long way. I mean, she's got she's got the look. She, I think she could really go far, honestly. I, I'm a fan. I was actually supposed to talk to her this week, but – Stay tuned. Hopefully we can make it happen. Viking Raiders are more serious this week, fortunately. Boo. <laughs> that sucked so bad. Sucked so bad. Street Profits appropriately talked shit about that. Horrible carpool karaoke segment. And they say they want to face these guys next week. I don't think it was announced if it's for the title or not, but I'm going to tune into Fightful.com. And uh, find out, because I don't think that they they mentioned it, but if it's not for the title, I don't care. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, out. WWE, uh, WWE's Twitter says that, but the graphic didn't say that. So, we, I guess we gotta wait and see. I, I'm okay with this match, but, you know. We're already... To the true main event of this show, Denise, Jinder Mahal is back. And uh, Bedwetter says, I bet the chat is ready for a Jinder Mahal title run. 
I, I feel like I'm going to come out of heel out of this conversation. I'll let you go first. Well, I, here's the thing. I don't like Jinder Mahal's work. I don't like his promos. I don't like anything. But I liked okay. this. I thought he did good tonight. This is what should have happened in 2017. He should have gotten some wins over some people and established himself as a contender. Instead, the company went all in on, this guy really sucks so bad he shouldn't be champion, and that's the heat behind it. That's why you should be mad that he's champion. But it wasn't. It was just offensive because he held the title forever. I thought for sure Jinder was going to show up and attack Drew, and that would be his return because they've got all the history. That didn't happen, and as I put on Fightful Select, originally, after he was sidelined in June... They had him listed to come back in January. Then they moved it up to November. And those injury reports are often wonky. Tommaso Ciampa has personally talked to me about how off they can be. And neither one of those happened. Came back almost in May. Denise, he's been off TV for a year. So you, you can get away with all the jobbing that he did before that and say, former WWE champion, yada yada. And you can say, well, he's not been on TV for 13 months. I get the feeling this isn't doing it for you, though. Nope, 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 nope. So, I mean, prior when he was champion, I just thought, oh, my God, I cannot even believe this. And I was just one of those people. I I, I injured the gender. But I, I just was never a fan of his title reign, unfortunately, because, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, they always say that there's the whole argument about the man making the belt or the belt making the man. And every time people think the belt makes the man, all I think about is gender. And I'm like, nope, here is your example. And this is why. And this is specific to WWE. Okay, this is not specific to certain other promotions, but this is specific to WWE. And this is how I felt. And um, because of that, like, that's just the thing that sticks with me. And so when everybody was like, oh, we want to see him against Drew, we want to see him against Drew, I understand it. I'm not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I did think, however, that his return, given that he's a former champion, would have been a little bit more hyped up or maybe a, a more of a surprise versus he's coming up next and then he's having a match against Akira Tozawa. Um, you know, obviously no offense to Akira Tozawa, but we all know that he's only given certain types of matches and so because of that it was just kind of like well no interest there but I mean I just don't feel it I don't feel it I'm not I I don't think I'd be excited for it in the nicest way possible he will have had to have gotten significantly better in the ring at a minimum significantly better and I, I liked what I saw tonight but it was a quick squash match Samoan drop the Coloss which is his Cobra clutch slam I like his finish I like the Samoan drop, but he at, at the very least, he has to have gotten better in the ring if they even want me to buy like a, a mid-card run for him. And definitely has to get better on the mic. He wasn't good for the spot. People like him there. I hear lots of people that like him there. But nice people just, it, it's nice people who look great shouldn't be the benchmark yeah and that here's the thing though like whenever obviously when like we come out here and we say oh we don't like this person it's their character Mm -hmm. it's not to say who they are in real life you know who they are in real life has nothing to do with what 
you know, as being presented on television as two different things. So, like, yeah, he could be the nicest person ever. That's great. But inside the ring, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I have people in Ring of Honor who openly joke who are my, my – I consider them friends, but they're like, man, you shit on my work all the time. And I'm like, I don't like it. Sorry. It's an opinion. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, gender has a great theme song, though. It is a hard spot to be in, though. I will say that to like give your opinion about somebody's work and then go out and like interview them or something. And you're like, oh dang! Like I said this about you. I'm so sorry. You're so nice, but just know I meant like the TV you, not the real you. There was some dweeb on Twitter who I saw that said that I make Vince McMahon sound like Hitler 2.0, <laughs> and I was like, really? Hitler 2.0? Cuz I don't really? think so. I think that's Donald Trump actually. Ooh, bold statement from Michael. It's not that bold. I don't get political on this show, but it ain't that bold. You've got me on Facebook. You you know enough of how I feel. <laughs> I know. Great. I'm going to get so much hate now. B- okay, by the way, guys, don't add me on Facebook. You don't want to add me on Facebook. I've got TikTok at Sean Ross slaps your mom. I've got Instagram. You can add me there. There's nothing wrestling there. Uh, people have, I, I put my Snapchat out there, ain't hard to figure out. Let me tell you, biggest mistake you can possibly make if you're ever on camera is making your actual name, your Snapchat name. Did I ever tell you that story, Denise? Do you get topless Snapchat sent to you? That would be a significant improvement. Remind <gasps> me, song picks? <laughs> r- remind me, I'm going to tell you this story after we review this segment. I'm so excited. Oh, you won't be. I've told it on the air before, but it's going to be a good one because we've got some stuff to talk about after this. Astros J says, feels like they aren't letting Becky defend on purpose for fan backlash. Charlotte defending two times in three weeks. Bailey defeated Tamina. Why not a match with Liv? Uh, Charlotte, I don't think, is defending her title. I don't think Mia Yim is for the title. Becky for fan backlash? They don't care about that. That has nothing to do with it. Right now, the focus is on money in the bank. Becky put the focus on Money in the Bank. They it has nothing to do with fan backlash, uh, based on on uh, what I've heard. But the main event, pass it to DJ. Send a super chat and says, when glove when Seth takes his glove off, will he reveal a robotic hand? Will he fulfill the prophecy and bring balance to the force? Drew chucked that table. I liked the contract signing. I thought it was pretty good. Seth Rollins came out and said that he didn't want this, didn't have to be this way. This is after Drew immediately signs the contract. Drew was like, eh, nobody wants to hear you talk. But Seth says the big picture will become clear and Drew will be better off for it. I want to know what the bigger picture is. But I know that the really big picture is that Drew McIntyre got to say shit on TV before Chuck Taylor got to say it on AEW. And that's all Chuck Taylor talks about. But he slammed Rollins into the table. Highlight of this, Denise. Murphy is helping Rollins again. And sacrificed himself for a Claymore. First off, what would you think of the contract signing itself? 
Okay, so the, the contract signing itself, I thought the beginning was boring, but the beatdown was really good. I like the fact that they had Buddy Murphy come out and that him and Seth share this, like, intimate moment with this hug. And it's little things like that with Seth Rollins does with the Messiah character that gets me behind that character and really makes me like what he's doing. So anytime we get glimpses of that, like, I want to see, like, cycle cult leader Messiah Seth Rollins. Like, I like that. And so whenever I get a glimpse of that, I'm a fan of that. And so I like how it all turned out, you know, with Drew at the end and all of that I thought it worked out the beginning was a little bit boring and I kind of my hopes went through a little went down a little bit but after the beat down things kind of like it was a nice way to end raw and I like Buddy Murphy being involved with Seth Rollins I like that give give the guy a little something to do Akum should be too there's no reason Akum and Buddy Murphy cannot team up right now there's no reason it, it it's literally the absence of a guy in Akum, and it gives Buddy Murphy something to do. I like this contract signing. Drew Nicholas sends a super chat and says, Is that the best contract signing in nearly a decade? Drew was perfect. Seth was perfect. Murphy's role in it was perfect. I don't think there's been a better one since Punk Cena with Vince for Money in the Bank 2011. I would have. It's not fair for me to go- say that because I don't have them all in front of me, and there's a lot of them. It feels like there's one every single month. And I feel like there have been ones that are better, but this is a good one. I just I, I won't say like oh the best I'll ever I've ever seen or the best in years, but I thought it was good. It was fine. I honestly, like you said, there's so many of them. Like I feel like I would have to like really kind of look back and like remember and say like oh yeah I really enjoyed that one or whatever because there's kind of I do kind of think they are doing one almost every month. It yeah. feels that way. Well, that was Monday Night Raw, and we have hit what I am going to call garbage time. I know that you don't know what that means because you don't play fantasy sports, but we are in garbage time, Denise. Uh, we I like to do our shows a minimum of 40 minutes. We're sitting at 47 right now. I learned that you learned what OnlyFans was this week. You didn't yeah. know what OnlyFans was. Yeah, um, I it's love that. It's huge in the wrestling community. Okay, so I don't even know where to start, okay? So I'll just kind of start from the beginning. A while back, maybe a few weeks ago or maybe even like a month, I saw like some random person post something about some random woman who I've never seen in my life who was selling, I don't know what. The point is I saw the picture. I Booty pics. I have no idea. I just kept scrolling. I was like, Bleh, and kept scrolling. Uh, and, then, and then afterwards, so that day that I posted that tweet, uh, probably like 20 minutes before, some random person prop- popped up on my Twitter and said that they had been calculating the math as, as to how much money these people were making. And I was like, oh, what yeah. is she talking about? She put only fans. And so here was my original theory. I, I thought that she was talking about fan accounts. I thought she meant fan accounts were making money Mm. from like artists and people for promoting them. And I was like, wait, what now? Because I follow a bunch of fan accounts. So I wasn't expecting that. But then something just like told me like, you know what, just make sure. So I Googled it and I Googled what is OnlyFans app. And then that's when I found out. And then I kind of like remembered that original tweet that I had seen a while back. And I was like, so this is what people were talking about? Because I look like, to be honest, like everybody was telling me, oh, this is on Twitter. This is on Twitter. But I'm like, dude, this is not on my Twitter timeline. Like at all. Oh, it's all over mine. 
and it's not on mine so i don't know what that says i don't know like what i know that twitter like caters things so it just wasn't on my timeline well what that says to me is that i follow a more sophisticated wide eclectic base of people than you because i got lots of friends that are on it i've got one friend who told me that she makes is at, wait on pace to make forty thousand dollars this year. No, not posting nudes. What and what? That is insane to me. Impressive, that is crazy. Hey, and it's funny because I thought that when I thought when I posted this that people were going to be like, "Oh yeah, me either." What is that? And it was not the reaction I expected, and I didn't expect people to like freak out about it and like. I didn't expect for it to get as popular as it did. Yeah. I mean, hey, more power to them. Hope you you, uh, ladies and gents make all the money you can possibly make. I am a supporter. Do you know what WikiFeet is? Yes, and I have an unfortunate story about that. Please tell me, because I didn't know what it was until Alicia Atut told me. So several years ago, when I started my entertainment reporting career, I started Googling myself and I Googled Denise Salcedo and on like the first two pages, bam, somebody freaking put like six pictures where you could barely even see my feet. They were like beach photos and zip lining photos. They made a freaking wiki feet page. Yes! Okay. I have. 13 rating sean someone said my feet were ugly and i was like first of all my feet are not for you they're for me and they're not for people to be seen and you can barely see my feet in this photo so why are you calling them ugly you can yay denise it's horrible i have a wiki feet page i don't know who made it like who made it but denise you're a 4.1 that's a real good rating are you on my page i just went to it you should have never told me this no and so like i yeah i have a wiki page and i hate it because i just i hate it i hate it it's so embarrassing amazing (laughs) okay somebody else took the time to like think about it someone had to take the time to find pictures where you're remotely sharing your feet and put them on there and then rate them and have the whole world rate them that's horrible oh it is horrible i don't get it not a feet guy, admittedly. But yeah, Alicia Atut had had mentioned it or something, and she was like, this is going to end up on my wiki feet. And I'm like, "What? what's that? I am so happy you did not know what wiki feet was. I did not, and I wish that I didn't, but unfortunately I do. Now, oh, there are going to be some viewers of the Fightful Podcast that remember this story, because I've told it before, but... I set up a lot of my accounts before I had, like, any following on social media. So, like, everything is Sean Ross Sapp. Looking back, I wish that I just would have had a pen name or something and not done my real name. But, whatever. Too far into the shit now. But my Snapchat, or at least the one that... that, The one that I use right now, before I change it, after probably after tonight... Is my real name, and people would start to add me. Now, this was this was happened a lot more years ago, before I had a big following, and it doesn't happen as much now. Although, I just got like, <laughs> I just got like two right now, 
But in 2015, 2016, I did a show with Vince Russo. We parted ways in October 2016, right? So fast forward to maybe the spring of 17 or something. I get a thing that says, so-and-so has added you to Snapchat. And I'm live on the air. And I'm like, why is this happening right now, middle of the night? And I open up the Snapchat that this person sent me. And it was a, a, a rather large dong <laughs> and the captions and the caption says in all caps fuck vince russo so it wasn't even meant for you it was meant for me but this person i don't know if they thought that i could, i don't know and i said buddy with that thing it looks like you'll do just fine and i you blocked responded? him yeah of course of course they went to the trouble denise they went to the trouble denise Plus, it was funny. I at least got a story out of it. I wasn't going to... I should have screenshotted him and added him to wikidong.com or something. But... I hope that's a thing. Someone yeah. should make that a thing if it's not a thing. I don't think thing. I ever told Vince that story. I don't think Vince would understand it. I think Vince would be like, now what? What happened? But yeah. That's horrible. I just can't understand the process between doing that like i can't understand it <laughs> i've gotten some very very weird stuff like i didn't know what a message request folder was for a very long time on facebook on facebook or twitter or and, and now instagram uh yeah, I, I know instagram has it i didn't know twitter had it oh yeah twitter has it i don't know if it's if you're just a verified account or what but uh boy uh, it's got some bad ones. And to be honest with you guys, if I don't respond to your DMs, it's not because I'm ignoring you. I get a lot of them. And I went through every single one in that request folder one day. And they were raunchy. No, I, w I don't have the courage to do that. I would have somebody else do it and somebody else block and delete. Like, I like to shield my eyes of that kind of stuff. Like, even when the wrestling Twitter after dark thing was happening on Twitter, I saw three tweets and I logged off. I oh, did not go on Twitter. What? I missed it all. Like, I, I obviously cannot participate in such a thing. I am a professional. But like I said, more power to people doing it. Actually, I did post the South Park picture. I There's... saw that. That's how I found out about okay. the hashtag. So thanks, Sean. Yeah, somebody photoshopped my face onto the the bare-assed, I'm sorry, South Park picture. And I was like, you know what? I can rock that. I can do that. Somebody said Dickypedia on the chat. Well played. Well played. But yeah. Um, yeah. The, the message folders bad on facebook i live in a very rural area like very and i'm sure you can tell. tell me there's like goat stuff is there like goat stuff happening no, in i Kentucky? don't know if there's goat stuff i've seen goats but i don't know if there are people like out here doing goats or anything okay because i was curious you said small town and like yeah like i'll get a lot of people that <laughs> just say stupid stuff like i've had people threaten to shoot me in my my message requests on there like i'm i live in a very rural area 200 people live in my town and i'm sure you've seen some people in my comments on facebook that aren't exactly cultured so to speak so i'm like hey don't post dumb stuff on my facebook and they'll get mad and they'll end up in my request folder Instagram, I I don't get as much because I don't really have a following on Instagram. You all really, unless you want 
to see my cat shouldn't follow my Instagram. Follow at Fightful online, but that's where we are in the world, Denise. We just killed. You should open your DMs and like let people send oh. you stuff, and then do like a reaction video. My DMs are open on everything. They're open on oh, Facebook. Okay. I've got like I've got like the writer page on Facebook, but I need to update it more. Our Fightful DMs are open on every single Twitter. My DMs are open on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, I, the thing is, when people start asking for scoops and they go, "Hey, do you know if?" I don't respond to that because my answer would just be, "I have a website. That's where the news will be." So I don't really respond to that stuff. But don't send me your penises, people. <laughs> or and just because I said that plural, don't send a single one either. None, none. Uh, that's none. horrible. Somebody says, how often do you get the paid insert company here, shill? I get – I actually get some requests for people – like I get a lot of people that say, hey, retweet this product. And I'm like, hey, hit up Melissa because otherwise I'm going to get in trouble from my boss because that sounds like a paid advertisement. Not doing that. Nah. Oh, man. Somebody says, I wonder what Denise's Twitter bookmarks look like. I don't bookmark anything. See, I don't like anything. I almost don't like oh, anything. Oh, is that what you mean by bookmark? Well, like okay. There's likes and bookmarks, and I'm so glad they made bookmarks because I can bookmark stuff that I care about. I don't like anything or almost anything intentionally. I, I avoid all that. But Well, I can tell you all my screenshots are, like, really pretty pictures of Taylor Swift. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm that's 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 pretty much my – my my life <laughs> like i'll just see it like a fan edit like i live for those fan edits and i'll be like oh my god that picture is so pretty screenshot that's just who i am guys i'm sorry <laughs> denise tell the people where they can follow you okay you can follow me on twitter and on instagram at underscore denise salcedo please come through be my friends because i've been promoting lots of my interviews on there um i just had a really good almost hour-long interview with chris bay where he opens yes. about his life and it was just so i gotta tell you it's one of my most uh genuine interviews that i've ever had a real real story um i would check that one out i also spoke with melissa santos who just like She's just incredible, so check that one out, too. I spoke with Joy Ryan as well, plus you guys already know I have the Kayla Braxton on the Big Show interview, and I'm hoping to get some more. Um, so just YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo, and don't worry, I won't be, like, creepy on there. Thank you, guys. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. We are back on Wednesday with the list, and your boy, it might be a little bit early this week because I'm doing the Quizzle Mania thing with the Wrestle Talk folks and Adam Blampede. So check that out as well. We've got a busy Wednesday. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.